Welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert Wright. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello, it's Robert, and I am delighted, delighted, delighted to have as our guest my dear friend, Chad Burmeister. Chad is the CEO of uh, Human. How do you say it? Chad? Well, exponentially human, ex-human for short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very clever name. And of course, with the scarcity of URLs today, you've got to come up with something clever or you're not going to get uh, any attention. That's right. Well, we did also come up with BDR.ai, which is a pretty common term in the sales world these days. So that's the other website that's doing well these days for us. Well, good for you. Look, we could talk about so many things today, but uh, for my business audience, what I get uh, a lot of positive feedback is stories of success and stories and what you learned from that and stories of uh, some stumbles, some trips, some potholes, all those ways we rename failure uh, and what we learned from that. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit about your background, which is uh, in, uh, particularly in the area of sales and sales management, really, really rich. Well, I, I live in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, I actually grew up in this area, funny enough. I've full circle after being all around the country and the world. I've lived in uh, New Zealand. I lived in Southern Cal, Northern Cal, uh, Arizona, North Carolina, all over the place. And I really started my career in sales on the bus in the in the eighth grade, I think it was, and I would sell suckers from the back of the bus. Um, what I learned there, just to share an early one, is the is the law of scarcity. So you'd sell the whole bucket of suckers and you get down to the last two. And instead of for a quarter, now you can charge a dollar. Well, what I learned is to keep an extra four or five in the backpack. So at the end of the day, I could sell the other four for another dollar <laughs> and I created a little bit of scarcity um, but that that's that's really where I learned that selling was something that I was interested in I was a very competitive individual so I played lacrosse at Douglas County High School I made the all-star team I played at Colorado State and just that smell of the grass when I can have that in my head um, it just causes me to know that I can do anything and you know that so that relaying the competition spirit over to sales it just made natural sense but it, it took a while i went to new zealand at age 1920 read the back of the marketing book and it, it was the sales chapter it took you from product price promotion distribution uh over into sales and i read the page and i had a yellow highlighter every single line item i was like oh yeah that's that's me <laughs> So, so that's how I got into sales originally. I started in transportation at Airborne Express, um, pretty much right out of college. Actually, I had one failed job before that. I'd like to leave that off the resume. And um, uh, it was a temporary staffing sales job. And the lesson learned there is I didn't interview with the hiring manager. So I was put under this person. 
And that is something I don't recommend. <laughs> it didn't work out so well because she didn't have any buy-in in me as a, a, a college graduate. And that one didn't work out. The next job at Airborne, I became the, I was probably bottom 50th percentile for the first six months as I was ramping. And then I went out and closed a very large deal for the company, biggest probably in company history. And it put me at number one rep at Airborne Express. And so getting that printout of the number one out of 250 or so reps was a pretty cool experience. And once again, that competition uh, as, as a motivator. Yeah, it just is. And when you can look at it and know where your strengths are and then understand your weaknesses, my weakness is in my ability to budget. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so if I can focus on the top line, I, I, I have other people like my wife and my controller and other people who help me with the budgeting aspect. It's good to know those areas where we're a bit less strong, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and Chad, uh, over, uh, over your career, I'm sure that you've had a lot of changes and a lot of, a lot of different opportunities, but also a lot of changes. Today, it seems like uh, that I, I think you told me that sales managers today have a very short tenure when they get hired till when they get fired. <laughs> or transitioned as the new word. That's the new word, I understand. There's a lot of new words in this. <laughs> yeah, the uh, VPs of sales actually in a tech company generally last 18 months. That's the average. So that means there's a few that are three years, and then there's a lot that are 12 months or less. So average 18 months. Yeah. You know, you're a very thoughtful guy about that subject. And, and particularly with your experience with, it, with artificial intelligence and using it in business. But what's the learning for that short tenure? I mean, is it bad hiring? Is it bad management? Is it bad, uh, a bad choice by the actual person that, that ends up being there only a year and a half? Wow, that, that, is a, that is a very good and deep question. The first thing that comes to mind is that I had a, a VP, he was a director at the time, coach me on this topic. And he said, Chad, when you go into a company through your career, it takes four years to vest in a tech company. And, and yet you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket on one company unless they're really going up and to the right. So he generally recommended, and he heard this from a VP who taught him, is to go into a company and plan to spend three years and get three fourths of the vest and then go do it again somewhere else at a much lower stock purchase price. So he actually, that's not getting left behind, that's him leaving the company so that he can place bets on other tables, right? And play in different games. Um, I think a lot of, if you think of seed round, series A, B, C, all these funding rounds, a lot fail between round A to B, B to C, and so on and so forth. And so I think what happens is, it's a product market fit conversation, right? They bring in this high paid 300 to 500,000, some cases a million dollar CRO, and they might have a Rolodex, they know the industry, and it either makes it or it doesn't. And I think it's more of a, it's less to do with the VP being a bad sales leader and more to do with the company having a product market fit or not. Wow, that's a long way from uh, joining a company and stay there 30 years and get your gold watch and and leave. I mean, that's like a fundamental foundational shift. Well, and yeah, you know, my dad was a doctor and you know my parents. And when um, 
when when I was growing up, they would obviously say, hey, you know, you want to look for the job that's 20, 30 years. Well, then I, I went and did my MBA at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. And I interviewed some of the people from Castle Pines, Colorado, including Dick McCormick, the former CEO of US West. And he was in Europe at the time. And I called him, it was probably 2 a.m. his time in in, uh, in Europe. And I talked to him and I said, hey, <laughs> what would you recommend to someone like me? And he goes, well, I'll just tell you what I told my daughter. She was working for US West. She could have stayed there, become a VP, and she would have done okay, but she wouldn't have probably been rich, right? She would have made maybe a couple million dollars over her entire career over decades. She now is the CEO of a tech company and she's worth, I don't remember at the time, maybe 4 million, 8 million, some pretty big number. And he said, it's more risky for you to stay in Fortune 500 than it is for you to go into technology sales. And that's where it clicked for me because my family's pretty conservative and uh, you know i'm in the middle i take risks but educated risks and when the ceo of us west former ceo told me it's more risky to stay in fortune 500 i said okay i got it <laughs> i have permission to fly thank you dick mccormick <laughs> uh, you know that uh, that's that thing about you know you can make a difference in people's lives and never know it i'm sure he doesn't remember that even remember that conversation except the fact that he probably told 50 people that you woke him up at two this yeah, right. this punk mba student from california <laughs> woke me up at 2 a.m well he did get a nice box of cigars as a thank you for that so and um the other <laughs> thing that he told me is that they used to have these homes in this neighborhood called the smurf houses and they they've since changed the uh the rooftops i i noticed recently they're now square they're not like rounded yes and he had a focus group stay at those houses to talk about data, uh, data and video and voice going over the set top cable box. They did a pilot test in Utah and two other places, and it failed at the time because the the pipe wasn't big enough to the last mile of the home. And so it was about 10 years before its time. So that would be a perfect example of what we talked about at the beginning of the call product market fit, if he hired a CRO to go do that, oh, it's not the CRO's fault, it's just the product market fit problem 10 years prior to its time. I found myself working at RingCentral, you know, two decades later, and guess what we were selling? Voice, video, and data over the same line. And I had the book, in fact, it's in my bookcase, and I, I still have it signed by Dick McCormick. And I had it in my office at RingCentral as a director of the SDR and BDR team there. And that was kind of a neat experience to have, have heard from the top guy who was driving those kinds of strategies. A, t a tie to uh, what seemed like a very simple statement at the time and was really quite profound. Yeah, voice, video, and data over the, over the set-top box. Crazy. You know, I, uh, I, I was reminded recently, I wrote an article, and uh, it's in medium and huffbo and, and a bunch of different places authority and uh, uh about entrepreneurship and it forced me writing the article forced me to think through what worked and didn't work in my own journey and uh, one of the points that i made that's had the most comments on it is that i have this belief that any entrepreneur and quite often uh especially in kind of the space you've wandered in and out of with tech space they know a lot about technology and and the, and that market they're not very good salespeople, 
And yet that's a primary role from, from my perspective for any entrepreneur. And I had the, uh, I've, I've noticed with clients, a lot of them have this excuse. Well, I'm not really a salesman. I'm not really wired to be a salesman. I'm, uh, I'm an introvert, and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And my recommendation is go find one of the quality sales training programs and complete it and practice it because ultimately your job is selling. Uh, at the top of a, an entrepreneurial company, particularly, you know, that you're going to have to go out and sell that bank. You're going to have to sell that vendor. You're going to sell that supplier that, and of course, that customer and that employee that's increasingly hard to attract and keep. Uh, it's a well, sales. I remember Jerry Canelli, the CEO of Riverbed Technology, was an amazing storyteller. And his presence was also fairly competent. Um, you know, he, he had this thing where he would though sit and kind of close his eyes when he would talk to you. And he, that's just how he processed things and, and thought. And, and um, but he could tell stories and it just caused people to follow him, you know, all very smart people. And they built a really, really neat company. And a lot of people I think get it wrong. They think of a salesperson as a pushy salesperson and in today's world, you know, that's not what it is. It's we, we learned very early on. If you push a rope, it's not going to go anywhere. So you can't really push. It's really about asking good questions and then telling a story, you know, telling an appropriate story at the right place and right time. But I, I think a lot of the old school selling from 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's just been it's been undone and there's a new, better way. Um, and it involves more storytelling than pushing. You know, my first sales training experience was not a good one. Basically it was how to trick people into buying my product. But then I went to the old Wilson Learnings counselor selling program where it talked about filling people's needs, you know, and, and uh, listening and uh, radical things like that, building a relationship. And I later taught that program. I learned so much in teaching it also. It's been a big, big uh, foundation for, for all that I've done in the world. Well, uh, a lot's going, like someone just approached me today, in fact, on Facebook selling and said, are your customers on Facebook? Yes. Okay. And he's got this one pager that, that really does show you how to trick people into buying your product through emotions. <laughs> And, and part of me says, okay, that sounds interesting. But the other larger part says, I don't want to trick people into selling, into buying my product. You know? Yeah. He's like, yep, we can get 250 people in your group. And then of the group, probably 50 will, will uh, move forward. And then it's a five day thing. And then we've got four days of, of closing after that. And it just sounds like putting them right through the meat grinder. And <laughs> It's not something that I'm interested in or uh in any any way shape or form so you know chad we've uh we've been blessed in doing our little uh uh non-profit experience with living a better story and uh maybe at the end of this call you can talk a little bit more about that or or i could i suppose but uh one of the things we are blessed with in those groups of, of business people that are looking to live a better story and, and reinvent themselves for the future, for their future, uh, a future freely chosen, that uh, there are a lot of stories about what they've learned from stumbles uh, for yourself or from that rich 
background that we now have, and particularly the podcasts you've done with so many people uh, on that subject of living a better story. What's the big learning for you in the last year or two? I mean, uh, you've had a rich and interesting and varied life. Um, and I know just because of our personal relationship, there's been a lot of learning for you, even a, even I would call it a breakthrough moment or two. So what would you like to share that might be of value to our uh, business listeners? Well, if you're thinking of going into a business with a partner, um, I, that's, a, that's an interesting topic for me because I've done it twice at a 50-50 split. And it just has a long shot chance of succeeding on a 50-50. Someone has to be the CEO. Uh, as Chris Beal from Connect and Sell, the CEO that I worked with, said someone's the chief guesser at the end of the day someone has to make the best educated guess that they know how to make if you have two people trying to play the role of chief guesser then you're going to have conflict so i've tried to do that thinking well this is you know high integrity i'm coming in with the right intentions and i want to reward this person because they're putting in sweat equity and one time with with a double phd in supply chain and technology, computer information sciences, awesome guy. I flew to India, he introduced me to the government in India. We opened up call centers there, it was amazing. And yet the gap was that he was working a lunch hour and I had gone full time. And so I'm working 12 hour days, he's working one hour a day and we're 50-50. So how do, how do you build the model that solves for that, right? Well, partner, we're gonna have to, buy you down and and we worked through it actually because he is a double phd and he's a smart individual so we worked through that another partner i he's probably you know 20 years uh less experience and so i put him at 50 50 and we're six months in and he thought he was the coo of the business and he was directing people who have 20 plus 30 plus years of experience and i'm like whoa 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 your job is to set appointments for me, period, full stop. It's not to go directing our, our real COO and call yourself a COO. So choosing your partners wisely and building the proper business model, like a four-year vest. Hey, if, if me and you went into business, hey, we both own 10% of the business today, and we're going to earn another 25% each over the course of the next four years, as long as we're both here. Here, we're adding value then we'll continue to do that like that those are the discussions you need to have and you may not know that going in so talk to a business expert like robert or my friend alice hyman you know there's there's people out there who've seen this before don't just think you can go and build your own business model and <laughs> expect it to succeed there's smarter people out there who've been there done that well there are uh, certainly things that you do need to invent but not foundational principles. I think uh, that's, that, that's been a lesson for me is uh, there are some things that don't need to be reinvented. <laughs> and human nature is one of them. Human nature is pretty reliable, actually. <laughs> we like to think that people are, are, are erratic, but quite often they're not. Uh, so, so identifying those patterns can save you a lot of both uh, money and time and energy. You know, I, I made a decision, uh, I, uh, Chad, you know, of, of my friendship with the late John Denver. And uh, when we were sharing a really tough, the, the really tough experience of divorce, one of the things that we made a promise to each other, uh, we spent a day at a spa and, 
and talked and talked and talked and made some promises to each other. One of them was that we were going to live a life of no regrets, which sounds simple. It's just words, right? And a prom it's a promise. Okay, I don't want to have it regrets. But when you tear it apart, what you find out is that that means you have to really examine deals. And by deals, I, I don't just mean business deals. I mean all of the deals we make around ownership, certainly, and, and, and uh, around pay and benefits and, and activities, but also in our personal lives, we make deals. And uh, what, what has been valuable to me is to be more rigorous before I make uh, those kinds of decisions that might lead to regret. Because for me, it's toxic. It, it, yeah, you know, I, yeah. On a personal level, it, it's disabled. It's even disabling to me. Well, it's interesting with my beliefs in God. And when even just a couple of days ago, I did a meditation for 20 minutes. And I, I just was in a spot where I said, you know, it's, it's just the economy's a little soft. We're in some headwinds. What should I be doing? And when I can calm my spirit and really listen, I'll actually hear a little voice or it'll come through in a dream through a person, whether it's my daughter or a friend or whatever. And it and then it becomes clear. And so that 20 minute simple meditation, I got up and for whatever reason, I, it's just paying attention to the signs in your life. And so I come to LinkedIn and I created a newsletter and it's for LinkedIn because I'm, I'm putting out a new book called LinkedIn Sequencing. It's all complete. And so I put out a newsletter. Well, it's a brand new functionality. I didn't even know it existed. But somehow I was called to go do this. I post and I have 21,000 connections. In, in about 30 seconds, 43 of them have subscribed. By today, there's almost 1,000 subscribers out of my 20,000 people. So now they're going to get my content and I'm getting requests like you wouldn't believe. Hey, could you come talk to my group? So paying attention to the signs and asking for someone bigger than yourself, what should I be doing? It's really interesting because it's, it's subtle, right? It's not going to hit you in the head and say, go do this. It's subtle, but you really have to go in deep and listen to that and pay attention. And, and I feel like everything changed in the last 48 hours as a result of that 20 minute meditation meditation. Well, you've earned, uh, totally earned uh, what I'm paying you to appear in this podcast, uh, <laughs> which of course is zero, but Chad, that's beautiful. And that, that counsel to slow down, I think is particularly valuable in a chaotic environment like we're living in. Look, we're about to wrap this up. Uh, do you have a request of people? To, and also, how can people contact you if they'd like to be involved in either around sales, sales management, also uh, about living a better story. Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way, forward slash in, forward slash Chad Burmeister. I'm sure we can put it in the show notes. Um, connect with me there. Uh, I'm putting together this newsletter and it starts next week and it shows you LinkedIn sequences that get up to 43% response rates. So we're going to have contributors. We've already we've already compiled dozens of, of very good sequence templates. This is this is hugely valuable. Amalgamated over the last five years. So I would say check that out. If if you're stuck, if you're you know you're in a spot in life that's a plateau and you just need to 
you know, rejuvenate your thinking, I would highly encourage you check out livingabetterstory.org. Uh, Robert and I put on a quarterly event. Um, the last couple have been held in at my new house in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, sometimes we do them in different areas around the country. And you come in and the whole the whole process is complete your past, tell the truth about your current reality, and choose your future or what I call live a better story. And it's it's like a defragmentation of the mind. I'm watching a show with Tracy right now, and it's um it's on psychedelics to solve this problem. And it's interesting because it went away 50 years ago and it was, hey, this is bad and faux pas. Um, I'd rather use natural uh intervention people like Robert White to help me with my uh, thinking patterns than a drug. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they are finding some useful tools in the psychedelics for uh, healing addictions. Yeah. Uh, that's the area where I, I think there is some hopeful value being created, so something to watch. In the meantime, though, uh, if you'd like to spend four intensive days with some wonderful people, uh, join us in uh, Castle Rock and and uh, for living a better story. Chad, thank you for putting some time aside for me and in, in this kind of environment. Uh, you add value everywhere you go, and you've done it once again. I will look for my zero dollar check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there's a salesman. <laughs> Thanks to all for listening in. Uh, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.